I've never been annoyed at seeing boobs before. But that honestly annoyed me so much. My mom said King is a Willis. My mother doesn't like anyone. How late did you stand last night? I'm presuming quite. It's about four. <laughs> I don't know what time I messaged you this morning. I did. I did about seven straight hours on the last of us. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got too many friends that are playing it at the same time, and some that got the game like a day early. So I'm terrified of having like I've purposely not watched anything about this game for the last eighteen months. I'm terrified that I'm going to go online at any point now and just see a spoiler. Right. So I'm trying to complete it as quickly as possible to the point that I'm not enjoying it at all. Right. Isn't that a weird balance that you kind of the same but different you get that with movies coming out? Like I had a friend who famously said when the first of the new Star Wars films is coming out, I'm more scared of Star Wars spoilers than I am of ISIS. And uh, I, I mean, that shows off your privilege in quite a big way. But also... Uh, I feel, to be I feel fair, you, mate, dog. If you can imagine watching the first three Star Wars and then you saw the concept art for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> no context. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the same thing where you have to... And those industries, I guess, kind of thrive on that where you have to just ingest it as quick as you possibly can to avoid spoilers. Well, yeah, like, it's like you say, like it's the same with films where it, it kind of forces you into a world where you're watching not at your own pace and you're you're forced to do it at everyone else's pace to the point that, don't be wrong, this game's incredible. It's the same as like when a new film comes out, if I watch it straight away, it could be the best film ever. I'm probably not enjoying watching it. I just know it's something I need to do. <laughs> a rite of passage. But this is, I, I get like this with certain things. I just think I've, I've had games that I've waited for for years kind of thing spoiled for me before, so I try not to let it happen again by just if I just get through it as quickly as possible and just cut off all my friends <laughs> the gamer's dream yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you are you quite obsessive with like TV shows when they come out not so much with that it, it depends what it is like I've, ne yeah. I've never gotten into stuff not, not in a I'm above it kind of way but a lot of the stuff kind of seems to pass me by and I end up catching up like years after like Breaking Bad I didn't get into until the final season was airing and I was like oh go on then Game of Thrones was kind of similar but I didn't even finish that I just got fed up of it I just I don't know I just don't really care yeah enough. I feel like you and I are quite similar that way that I I'm kind of catch myself being stubborn when someone recommends you should check it out or if I hear that it's the show that everyone's talking about that immediately turns me off in a yeah. massive way so everyone for years kept telling me that how Breaking Bad is the best thing that ever happened to television and don't get me wrong, this isn't me saying that it's not great but when you've had so many people telling you it's the best thing they've ever seen for years and then you watch it it's always going to be disappointing Right, and you immediately weed out how many of your friends haven't watched The Wire. <laughs> it's, it's just like well, I don't know. I stop taking advice from a lot of people when it comes to film. There's like maybe three or four different people that I'll go to and actually trust their advice on TV and film. 
everyone else I just kind of like I'll, I'll you know I keep that as a casual conversation and just let them think they know what they're talking about you realize in us undertaking this podcast project you have ruled yourself out from being one of those people for anyone else I'm fine with that if you were ever a tastemaker those days are gone my friend you say that but it's not like I'm recommending any of these films <laughs> no that's true <laughs> but like you know when they talk about your your credentials <laughs> wait he knows what he's talking about. He did watch all 100 Nick Cage films. <laughs> Speaking of which, can you please put me out of my misery at this point? Because you texted me like three or four days ago, and I've not been able to stop thinking about where I got a text from you at like maybe one or two in the morning saying, I've discovered more Cage films. We might have to do more. I'd love, I'd love to fill you in more on that, Ben. But what happened there is that I was very drunk, and I can't exactly remember off the top of my head what it was. Oh no, that's a double mystery. I know, I know that there are more Cage out. There's more Cage stuff to to digest here. I think I'd found like l- quite a few documentaries and stuff like that that he's actually in, and like different like making ofs and stuff like that. Interesting. It was so something along those lines. Because we've, and apologies, we've already said this on the podcast already, but we discovered in our episode, which featured our friend Dirk Gage, he mentioned about the the Death of Superman Lives, which is the documentary about the would-be Tim Burton Superman film starring Nick Cage as Superman that didn't come together in the end. He told us about that. It's something I'd read about before, but thought it was just a documentary he was in talking about Superman, because I know he's a fan, so I didn't really rule that as necessarily that relevant for us however in light of what that film is actually about we've added that just to the end of this to not kind of mess up the order when we had a bunch of guests lined up it might have just got a bit complicated having to push everyone back to do it chronologically so originally we had three days spare at the end of this project but now with that one tacked on we've kind of got these two floating days and I guess now's a good time as any to have a conversation about it we've never really nailed down what we want to do for them I I think we there's two ways we do it and we either do we, we pull numbers out of a hat and go back for a rewatch or we find directors commentaries of films or what I'd probably be more inclined to do is say that we get to pick a day each where we curate films for the other person see that's I had a similar thought and I was having a conversation with someone who was asking about this the other day but I ended up saying I'm avoiding doing that because I don't want to watch National Treasure 2 again. Why wouldn't you want to? That's the better one. Uh, <laughs> that's not, it's not a comment on the franchise. <laughs> comparing the films of the franchise, more the franchise as a whole, and having to spend more time than is strictly necessary with Benjamin Franklin Gates. I think, to be honest, if this is going to be the case, then I'm letting you pick first because I've got a couple of different ones where, depending on how nice you're going to be to me, is depending on how nice I'm going to be to you. Right, and I'm in a similar position. It's like a weird game of chicken. So this is it for because we've literally we've got about just over two weeks worth of films left. Yeah, we're, we're getting I'm close. At my calendar now. And, and it's just something like 15 days six, I think 16 more films if we're including that documentary and then we've got these two days bruv how does that feel to hear that out loud it feels very good really really yeah. good I, I've got to be honest I'm not yeah. I feel like my health is dwindling yeah me too my physical and mental health are in the bin as a result of this project but listen I'm a man of conviction as I know you are too uh, you can read that any number of ways I'd probably just put it down to stubbornness but yep. <laughs> we will soldier on. But yeah, I'm maybe anyone listening to this, if you've got an idea of what you would like to hear us do for these last two episodes, we will be watching a Nick Cage film of some description, of course. But what they are has a big question mark above it. We want to do something that will be the most entertaining, well-rounded thing 
to close this off. Yeah. One idea I possibly did have. Oh no. Is uh, and it w- might not be that bad. Actually, in saying that, it kind of won't necessarily work. That I was going to say we basically put Benjamin Franklin Gates up against whoever is the current reigning caged match champion. Well, I mean, I'm I'm half really into that. We've sort of already done that though. <laughs> the other the other half being who's the other person. <laughs> Well, exactly. <laughs> if you if you were telling me I get to watch the Book of Secrets, then yeah, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, that's that I'm not completely sold on. I have watched it so many times during this lockdown. I really just don't care. You're a sicko. <laughs> you, you're there's something wrong with you. Mate. I think out, outside of when we had to watch National Treasure for this, not including those, I've maybe watched the National Treasure films like six times during this lockdown. That now. is fucked, mate. <laughs> they're always on the telly, and they're always great. <laughs> oh god I, I'm speechless frankly that you've kept doing that um, <laughs> I know that they are films that you enjoy a lot but are you not sick of that I'm worried that after we're done with this project every time his face pops up in television and believe me he's done a lot of films that are just television fodder at this point every time one of them pops up I'm going to get some sort of PTSD to this stint that we've done but you're you're actively re-inflicting yourself yeah i i I don't know i i those films for me are are kind of escapism from this because those are the only ones that i've really (laughs) liked so (laughs) i I don't know those films are so background as much as i say i've watched them a load of times they've been on and i've kind of sat there and taken in bits of it you know i mean they're they're just great background films But yeah, anyway, let's, speaking of background films, mate, let's let's try and <laughs> try and talk yeah, about. Contrary uh, to the nine or so minutes of conversation we've been having here, Daniel and I have indeed watched another Nick Cage show. The thing that made me laugh the most about this is that you've received your recent PlayStation Four copy of the video game The Last of Us Part Two, which I know you've been looking forward to as a big fan of that franchise. So you probably look forward to that to seven years. <laughs> Yesterday's mail was literally the uh, the Phoebe Bridges vinyl pre order and The Last of Us Two <laughs> PS4 at once, and then I had God. like loads of different editing projects to do, and I'm there the whole time just going get it all done in the morning, get everything done, get absolutely everything I can done, and I can just have like a, a, a nice evening, ordered ordered a load of food in, got a few beers, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it. And I go through all of my stuff, and I'm there just going, right, there's one thing between me and actually enjoying my day. And it was this film. I just had to sit there and watch this unbelievable fucking drivel in 2017's Inconceivable. It's very funny that you've described your day like that because when I typed the name of the film into my phone notes, it also corrected it to Inconvenience. That's how I'd called that. (laughs) Which it sounds like it was. It's a better name for this film. (laughs) Ben, do you want want to quickly go through the synopsis of this fucking heap of shit film? (sighs) Off the back of trying to woo a sex worker to go along with him to Nice in Paris, Nicolas Cage (laughs) moves on to a new life with a new beautiful wife. However, this person who has passed comes back with a vengeance. That's right, they were played by the same actress. She comes back with a vengeance to have all of and then steal Nick Cage's children. The plotline is as inconceivable as the name of the film itself. This film was 
an interesting one to watch as a Nick Cage film because he is so passive in this movie. Yeah, in a film that really requires you to actually try, he he really opts for the the other option, doesn't he? Well, his character's interesting. This film is very female led, which ruled. This is probably it's the by most my dialogue account. that we've had from, from from women in Nick Cage films. Yeah, but I think that's purely because this isn't really a Nick Cage. By film. my count, this is the only in. 82 or so however many days this is the only film that passes the Beckdale test wherein two female characters have a conversation that isn't about a male character the, oh, literally <laughs> I've had this in the back of my mind 82 days in Nick Cage finally allows this to happen goodness me he allows it to happen once we hit 2017 that's only three years ago Ben yeah <laughs> this literally came out in June three years ago this is oh, it's just fucking awful absolutely shocking and that's the thing don't be wrong like it was a treat to see, finally, female actors get the chance on the screen over Nick Cage. But give him a better film. I know, yeah, exactly. Of all the ones, I just I uh, did this. I I I couldn't I couldn't work out when I was watching this whether I hated the script or the film. Yeah, the script has some dodgy moments. I think it's somewhere between the two because there's moments in both that are salvageable. Yeah. But none none of it is. None of this works. This is just annoying the whole way through, and it's just. These, these, like, mo- it just escalates at such a silly pace. <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, I, d- I don't even want to talk about it, Ben. It's just crap. Well, let's talk about Nick Cage instead in this film because, although, like I said, he's extremely passive in it, Brian has some, like, pretty good moments knocking around in there, and he's quite an interesting character. Uh, I think him, him and his wife have gone through this trauma of deciding to start a family. A- bit late but not having much luck with it uh, and going through a series of different things of IVF treatments and surrogacy and the way that Cage's character seems to just be taking this all on the chin with this like underlying alcoholism problem that's never brought up through any point in it is hilarious there are so many moments in this where he's just having a drink and even at one point his wife's like you're uh, having a drink? he went yes 4pm it's happy hour and it's like a Wednesday (laughs) and he's got to pick the kids up from school to be fair there's like an element of this where he's surrounded by two essentially crazy women right (laughs) so you can't really blame him for drinking at 4pm when he's got someone living in his guest house that's drowning people yeah can we just go back a bit guest house Cage is balling in this with that his wife is a is a doctor, isn't it? Jean, uh, Angela's character is a doctor, and a, a, that's right. Is Cage also a doctor? I believe so, because at the beginning yeah. they call each other doctor, whatever their surname there you go. is. In so this, yeah, so they a few times they are in the money, and you can tell it by this the the house they're living in, the fact that they get. So let's try and go through an actual synopsis of this. Okay. Katie's character it, it opens up with her stabbing her partner. Oh, such a bad opening scene. It's yeah, so clunky. and it doesn't. It's supposed to set you up for the film, but doesn't actually tell you anything about what's happening other than the fact that she's stealing a baby and stabbing a guy. But it's kind of like played out in the, like, you think that she's in the right and this is self-defense. Right. And then as the when... film goes on, mm-hmm. it turns out that she's actually a mentalist. Absolutely. She's like that's, stealing that's probably the not the appropriate term, but that's how I feel about this film. This film wasn't appropriate. This film wasn't respectful to me, and I'm not going to be respectful to its characters. 
No, I don't think it's very respectful to women that have gone through similar trauma. Katie, the main antagonist in this film. What trauma had she been through before that? Because that's what I've missed. What drove her to originally get so stabby? Well, she... Yeah, I know. That's why it's such a jump. She basically uh, has some trouble while she is pregnant. I believe she miscarries, but she basically stops ovulating and she has just three eggs left. So, but she knows she herself can't conceive. Right. I missed that bit, but I kind of got to the point. So she, I know that she has three eggs left and then this is one of the kids. Is that right? That's right. So she tries to steal the kid back. She then moves to uh, wherever this is, probably California or something like that. Yeah, probably. Who cares? Where she becomes like a child minder for this family who eventually asks her to move in. And it all turns out, essentially, that she's got this ulterior motive where it turns out that their child was actually one of her children, one of her eggs that were donated. Cage is nut. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> not now, Brian. But then to go on from there, there's this other is it Linda who's going to be the surrogate because they want to have another right. child every woman in this film is outrageously gorgeous it is so unrealistic that Cage is so nonchalant in this at one point he, he, he walks looks in. like pure shit and he's just surrounded right by all these people and it almost seems like they're fighting over him at some point at one point he comes home after being out of work or like out on his sick motorcycle that he for some reason has and he comes <laughs> back to find these three gorgeous women all asleep on the, the couch in his mansion and he's just sort of like tuts like it's an inconvenience <laughs> Nicholas Dr. Brian <laughs> Well, this is this is where this film really gets out of hand for me. So, Linda's going to be the surrogate for their other child, their next child, which is also going to be using Katie's last egg. That's right. So, Katie kills Linda in what's the first of what appears to then be many drowning sequences. Yeah, her kill streak is high, but yeah, drowning's her favorite tool. So isn't it? weird. Like, so drowns Linda. That's never really spoken of again. Uh, her body washes up, and even though there's a clear blow to the head and she's been forcibly drowned, the police never seem to be involved. No one's ever questioned. No there's one a even really. Line of, line of dialogue where they talk about her being invo- you know, involved in that boat accident. It's like, there was no boat. She never owned a boat. Yeah, there was no, bo- there was no boat she around. She was a swimmer. Everyone knows she was. Oh, it's just, just annoying. So that. It- <laughs> She, without her then to be the surrogate, Katie comes in to be the surrogate for their child using what no one knows is her last egg. Mm. This just, just, at this point... The fact that Cage and his wife are both doctors, it just is like, they would understand the procedure. They would work with the people that do the insemination. Like, they would, it would come up in conversation. <laughs> Well, listen, I think she's got like a new identity since the original kidnapping, hasn't she? And she's wearing the, the contacts so that you can't tell that the eyes are the same as the child. And, right. I, that's that's what I grafted was her only cover-up in this. Yeah. But yeah, I would have thought at some point there would have been some amount of testing to make sure that, you know, this is not this is okay. I don't know how this process works. I can assure you, anyone listening, that it's not like this. This is insane. It's ridiculous. So this is then, Angela starts to get a little bit funny about the idea that Katie's becoming more of a mother than she is because she goes back to work. And then this just starts like some sort of grown-up Home Alone mono, like kind of, kind of parts where Katie's doing whatever she can to kind of like 
trip Angela up and things like that to a point where she even manages to like stab herself and then hit her head on the wall to make it look like Angela's tried to kill her. Yeah. But it, right, so there's a bit here that I miss where Angela drowns someone in the bath. Is that right? I maybe I'm just making this up to be honest. No, what the there's a no, I'm pretty sure that was uh the bad Katie, the bad lady in it. That was just a flashback to her former life, and that's how she got her first daughter, Maddie, she has all along. But anyway, let's be oh, honest, mate. This really isn't very interesting. Okay. No, I don't want to review I love that film, you've had a big plot twist revelation moment there. <laughs> I, I, honestly, mate, even with the plot twist, I still fucking hate this film. This is yeah. just annoying. This is just not something that I would watch. It's not something I subject anyone else to watch. And I know that we're not a film reviewing podcast, but if you were going to take anything from this, it's just don't watch this film. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with that. I think it's it's frustrating because there was some attempts at some really nice bits and, like, I didn't hate the characters. Just the well, situation like, they put in was so unbelievable, like, not unbelievable, but just so awkwardly the, handled. The storyline is outrageous enough that it would keep you hooked if they didn't go over the top in every other aspect of the story to try and, like, match it. Like, the drowning scenes and, like, the kind of, like, trying to poison each other and things like that. It's too much. There's already enough of a storyline happening. And if anything, it takes away from the overarching story. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's talk about... Can we about... please talk about Nick Cage some more in it? Yeah, no, that's what because... I want to move to. Because there's a scene in this that, honestly, it's towards the end, but it really fucked me off. <laughs> so they're in the hospital at the end, and Cage is pretending that his wife has died from the stabbing. And then kind of tricks... Katie into like coming down to see the baby just before she he's then getting her arrested. Right. What do you reckon his conversation was with, was with the police beforehand? We're like, look, just just wait around this corner. I'm going to set this up perfectly so that she thinks she's won. And then as soon as you see her start crying, come out and arrest her. I mean, Kate sets it up perfectly. But why wouldn't you just bring the police to the room? There she is. And just arrest her. Yeah. Like, why go through this kind of extra <laughs> humiliation and just, like, it's so wild that for Even one... Even when he's a character, he's the method man because he sat there, one of his colleagues, Dr. Hug, like, <laughs> doctor, doctor that just wants to hug everyone he's on screen with. So funny. I think he was just a big <laughs> Nick Cage fan. Dr. Hug comes in with all the reports that basically say, like, yeah, all these kids are biologically this person that killed your wife's but your wife isn't actually dead but now we're going to have a doctor come in and pretend to tell you that your wife is dead so he can get the reaction from you for an audience of no one well the audience of the people watching the film but that breaks the kind of fourth wall of the film bit in a way I don't think it really intended but yeah, yeah it's boggling he goes so in on this bit that's pointless yeah completely agree they could have just gone there she is she's sedated yeah you already have the DNA evidence that's used to get her locked up it's just it's just complete insanity the fact that he's got all of these doctors to go along and these police to go along what is, what is, what is essentially a, a pre-arrested prank on someone that's tried to kill your wife what what is this watching this the, the way I can describe Cage's performance most is this is the most Ross from Friends he has ever been yeah he's just sort of bumbling along going oh okay at everything that comes his way and it, th- there's a moment here where his wife who is a recovered addict she was addicted to Adderall and Xanax and the like he thinks she's having a relapse and is a drug addict again and his, he just responds by going damn it <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a fantastic reaction for that particular sequence 
Well, yeah, it's all just so nonchalant, isn't it? Yeah. Like, none of it, it, it... Everything's played like it doesn't matter at all. So why am I then supposed to take it seriously? That That's the flaw that I have with this film, is that it's such a serious subject matter in part, but you wouldn't know it by the way that anyone's acting, the way that this I got is frustrated that I just, Nick Cage's on-screen mum just calls it all a mile off and no one listens to her. I, to be fair, mate, I wouldn't listen to Nick Cage's mum. <laughs> look look at the things that she's let him get away with <laughs> I don't know much about Nick Cage's real life mother I don't think now's the time to start no well funny you should say that <laughs> tomorrow Dan we're watching a film called Mom yeah, and Dad say, so let's, let's get into it then <laughs> and it'll be Father's Day so it makes a lot of sense that we should do a bit of family research on the man himself I think that's a nice Father's Day special yeah, other Father's Day special that will come out a week after Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> let's be nice to Nicky, hey? Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the best way to go about this. Do you want to go first, mate? Uh, I I don't know if it's really being nice, but I, I liked the way that Nick, he really lent into this whole, like, my character's just sort of there for the ride. He's very passive in the whole thing. He just wants to ride his motorcycle and jog. That's all he wants out of this. And there's a great bit there where his wife, Angie, she's starting to suspect that something is up. And it cuts to a scene of them in bed together. And Angie starts saying, it like, we come in uh, in media res, like halfway through their conversation, just as she's rounding it up. And she says words to the effect of, yeah, I don't know. It's just been really on my mind for a long time. I think I'm going crazy, but may- maybe I'm just over- overreacting. And then Cage just goes, uh, but now you have it off your chest, right? As if to say, like, okay, you're done. <laughs> like... You've said it all. Like, he didn't listen to a word she said. And I don't think that's a particularly likeable thing, but in terms of, like, dialogue for the character and the way he delivers that was really funny. And even the expression on his face is just, like... You can tell those 30 minutes before that he has just been a passenger in his body while this dialogue is just delivered at him. Yeah. This this is something that really gets to me on this, right? Because I read quite a few of the user reviews, and so many of them seem to praise Cage's performance in this. (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah. I, it wasn't bad, it was just like... Really, we're now just saying Cage is superb. Acting superb from Cage. His forte technically found in drama. Uh, it's just... Wh- yeah. Are these people watching the same film? Ugh, this is... Like I say, he wasn't bad in it. He was just sort of like... He was just there. there. He's not a character. Yeah. Could have nothing, been anyone. There is nothing to him. He's just clothes at this point. Why do you think he even took this film? Do you have any hot goss on the the ins and the outs of this movie? I've got nothing, mate. I I know that originally this was set to be produced and uh, was also going to be starring Lindsay Lohan. Oh. And um, the the studio just didn't want to go in that direction in the end, which is <laughs> she had already announced that she was doing it, which was unfortunate. <laughs> wow. Yeah, not Lindsay not a Lohan. great move. Mate, you know what I'm thinking. No. <laughs> Fully loaded. Fully loaded. <laughs> Fully low hand. <laughs> the love bug itself. Food for thought. Tell me how you want to be nice to Nicky. I don't, to be to be blunt, mate. No, mate, I'm afraid that doesn't quite cut it. He organises a great surprise party for his wife 
And I thought, you know what, mate? Everything's been pretty rough. You've pretended to have this day off so you can go to the zoo with your kids and then you've bailed on your kids to do something that no one wanted. And I think that nice. might be the most caged thing we've seen in a while. <laughs> Probably the most caged thing that happens in the movie is the complete the complete ignorance to anyone else's feelings around him and to just do what he wants because he thinks it's the right thing. And I, I, I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. I thought it was fun. He's clearly a kind of fun, spontaneous character anyway. The fact that he could be like, I ditched work. My job is saving people's lives. I ditched work to take my kid and this woman we sort of know's other child to the zoo on a whim that his wife doesn't bat an eyelid. Just like, yep, yeah, that's the kind of thing you get up to, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's move on again because yes. there's some points there that I think are going to be brought up in Cage Match. I do too. I have no bell, so I'll simply say, ding, 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 it's Cage Match. So we're going to see Brian from Inconceivable is going to take on Eddie King from Arsenal. Woof. How do you reckon that's going to go, Ben? Predictions? <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is this is literally the colour beige versus the rainbow road, isn't it? <laughs> At no point do we see Brian slow mo punch a police officer, police woman more specifically, to death. This would have been a better film for that. Um, let's yeah, go, it would let's have been go a straight great in. Twist. So let's go strength, Eddie. Yeah, it's Eddie. It, yes, it's silly agility. It's probably we Eddie see as well. A few times in this, we do see Brian out jogging. So he oh, is, okay. He's displaying on screen that he... And he's got the bike. He's also got... Uh, yeah, he's got the motorbike for quick escapes. And he also... He is mentally agile at the end. He manages to he, pull um, all over. He doesn't get caught when he's perving on uh, the girl topless. Uh... <laughs> that was quite a good scene because Cage does like react how I think a, a person would in that scene where he's a bit like, whoa, where he goes to look away like that's indecent, but he can't help just give a quick, quick flip back. Uh, the new topless lady in his pool. A scene that adds obviously nothing to the film. Yeah, there was literally no. I, when I looked into this film, and it's just like the little kind of warning that gives like a, you know, there's nudity in this film. And I was like, there's one scene of nudity, and it didn't need to be there at all. It added yep. nothing. This is just complete fodder. Back to the eighties, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually annoyed. I've never been annoyed at seeing boobs before. But that honestly annoyed <laughs> me so much. <laughs> that makes it a tied game let's uh bring this to round three likability this is where i wanted to bring this in so who would you rather go on a night out with <laughs> let's just call it what it is i don't know i actually think brian could be quite quite good fun in honesty He's would clearly... you let brian organize you a surprise party yeah at the most inappropriate time ever <laughs> like we ne we barely see angie interact with any other women apart from cage's mother who seems to really not like her Lindsay, who's a personal trainer so is in her employment and a woman she employs to be her friend essentially and katie the main antagonist of this yet kate sorry yet cage managed just to wrangle all of these women who are clearly her friends that she's had no interaction with the rest of the film to all be there for the surprise party so for a baby shower for someone that isn't pregnant <laughs> it's just yeah, I don't know. I think that's... Yeah, that's a good point, I suppose. I think so he's, that's quite likable. He like, is he, into throwing he parties that... for next to no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you're going out with Eddie, 
good chance you're losing a limb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll put my cards on the table and say that I would go out with Eddie over Brian, but I think that says more about me than it does about the characters. Brian's Brian's a safer bet, definitely. Yeah. But I, I think he is more likable, really, than Eddie. He is a baddie. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. All right, we'll give this 2-1 to Brian. Well, let's go straight into appearance and well. let's just call it 2 all because there's no point well. in talking about it. Brian looks beige, looks like Ross Geller. I hate him. <laughs> final final ones is 2 all Cage. Do we need to talk yeah. about it? I mean, we do just out of sheer respect for the non-stop magnitude that Eddie is bringing to the... There isn't a single scene throughout either of the films we see Eddie King in where he is not going 100% cage. Him you know? yelling 17 in a phone call where that's the only word I could make out w- the wins monologue. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to say that Eddie King's going to go forward and he's going to face another one from 2017 in this busy, busy cage year of six films. Mm. He's going to take on Brent from Mum and Dad. Brent. What do you know about Mum and Dad? You know they love the film 8mm. Not a lot. I've had it recommended <laughs> to me by a few friends whose film tastes I trust and respect have recommended it. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what the fuss is about. I know nothing about this, but the poster is one that makes me very excited. Okay. It's listed as uh, one of the great jet black comedies. Mm. So it's described 0 to 60 speed, crazy. <laughs> and the final one which is what makes me really want to watch this it's, it describes it as like a twisted remake of Home Alone on bath salts <laughs> so let me yeah. give you a synopsis it says a teenage girl and her younger brother must survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origin causes parents to turn violently on their own kids whoa this sounds pretty cool oh here we go yeah this this sounds like it could be fun perfect for Father's Day yeah it it won a couple of uh, awards, uh, Best Director for Brian Taylor. Do we know anything about Brian Taylor? Uh, not off the top of my head. What else has he done? Uh, he did so Crank, so he, he he literally wrote Crank and Crank High Voltage. I'm no longer excited for this film. <laughs> I feel like there could be some good cage on offer here. I'm interested to see what Brent brings to the screen after Brian fell, and I'm interested to find out if Eddie has some good competition, because as we've discussed before, he is just putting his foot down. Yeah, I feel like this could be a good one for it. Um, before we close off today, Ben, how do you think this film did? Oof. Let's just cut straight to the brass tacks of it. How do you think we did? I, I can't tell you how much it went in on this. I think it's too recent. How much and they did don't... they market Nick Cage being in this? <sighs> too much. Probably not a lot, because he's not. I mean, he's on the poster, isn't he? So Right, of course. Uh, I This film didn't do good. I think they got it for maybe like 12... No, probably more. This is like a uh, Lionsgate production. So they probably got like 25 mil in on this, I would I would estimate. Let's let's uh, say somewhere between the kind of 20, 25 mil, I'd imagine, going in on this. But again, yeah. we I've got nothing to back that up with, but just... They are making back 2.3 million in my estimate. They are making back 259,000. Oh, no! Uh, it's just it's like another. No, I don't know how much they went, it went into it, but I guarantee it was a lot, lot more than that. How do you kick a man when you're down? You know, has Cage made any money on a film? He hasn't done like, well in a long time, so it's a good job a that he's getting paid time. up front. Long, long time. Wow, that's rough, man. Yeah, I'm I'm done with this film. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm satisfied with this conversation about it. That's uh, another notch in the bedpost. Another. I got nothing. <sighs> no, I've got nothing for that, mate. Well, good stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone. Daniel, thank you for your time, mate. Sure. Pleasure as always. 
Yeah. Nick. Huh. Be nice to see you show up a bit next time, man. I know you got it in you. I I I think we're about to get a good Nick. I saw that on Mum and Dad it says it's closest relate to films you might like would be Mandy, which which leads me to believe that he's going to really pull this one out of the bag. I'm quietly confident going into this. Right. Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you.